Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is do. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, a show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Don't worry, folks. I'm definitely going to ask him about how he slept on Saddam Hussein's Chase Lounge. Sweaty comedian from Staten Island. It's Patrick Cunningham! Yeah! Hey! Patrick! <laughs> so good to be here. Oh, man. How you been, man? Man, I am I am uh, fantastic. I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm getting married in less than a month. I just got a puppy. It's good. Oh man, life is good. It's life it's, is it's, good. It's so good to meet you. We uh we got connected through a former guest and friend of the show, Mark Viola. Ah, love Mark. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. So uh, so you're a stand up comedian. I mentioned in the intro. How how long you been? How long you been grinding, man? About, about a little over a decade, just a, just a tiny a smidge over a decade. Uh, yeah, man, I haven't been on the road so much uh, in the last year or two, but I'm 22 states and counting. Been, oh, man, that's awesome. Place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I um, I kind of took a break uh, after that first wave, got back in, and that's when I caught COVID the first time, and that put me on the sidelines for like 18 months. Uh, I recently went back and... Hadn't missed much of a step, so uh, that was encouraging. Um, but then I'm on the tail end. I don't know if the listeners can tell my voice is a and, little. And you off. caught it doing, and you, and you caught it doing comedy. I did the f- yeah, the see. first the first time. Second time, uh, we're not sure because <laughs> I've been thing, I've been good. I've been in the house. <laughs> the things we do for love. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, let's dive right in. Part of. Part of how we got connected was Mark was like, oh, you got to you got to talk to my buddy, my buddy, Patrick. He's a huge Star Trek fan. So big Star Trek fan. Huge. Yeah. What came first for you? Star Trek or comedy? Oh, Star Trek. By oh, a lot. OK. By all a right. Lot. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I I was a so I, I'm born. I'm 42. So I'm born in uh, I was born in 1980. And so I was in like the first wave of Nickelodeon kids. And if you remember the original, the original one, how old are you? I am 38. Oh, okay. So you're, yeah, you're just a little younger than me. I don't know if you remember this. You may have been just a little too young, but I remember Nickelodeon being brand new and Nickelodeon, the original lineup was, you can't do that on television, Mm -hmm. followed by Star Trek, the animated series. Oh, I forgot that was on Nickelodeon. My first exposure to Star Trek was that show. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I remember like, you know, where was it? Uh, I was watching. I remember watching uh, when I finally saw the original series. I was like, like Chekhov's walking around. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Because he's not in the animated series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's, who's Russian? Who's Russian Davy Jones? Like, what's going on? With this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's funny because uh, my I didn't experience the animated series till much later. Oh wow! And uh, I was like, 
so we got a cat lady and some dude with three arms, but like now I'm kind of into them and I'm really hoping, I'm really, really hoping that JJ uh, Abrams has the cojones oh. to bring in Emrys and do Eric. it. I was like, yeah. please. Captain. He had a chick oh. whose head opened up. Like, it's you amazing. can put a cat lady in there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, I always love it how he would be like, Captain. The Klingon vessel is coming off, and you're like, why did it? Why that voice of all the vocal? <laughs> you you have an animated, you have a, you you have like a crazy alien on the bridge. You you get to do that. It's animated, and that that was why, your choice. Why that voice? Okay. <laughs> why that voice? Oh man, that's yeah. awesome. So like, so that was your first exposure was T uh, was TAS. That it was that's... that and the original motion picture. Okay, all right. What was your what were your like, how does that sit for you? Like, do you have like nostalgia for it, or like has I, it has it aged well or poorly with you as you've gotten older? You you know, I I think I treated it the way that you, that punk rockers treat no effects. Okay, it's very impactful and important to you, mm -hmm. and you love it. And then you hear all of your friends talking about how bad it is. And so you're like, yeah, it's bad. It sucks. I don't <laughs> like that, really. And then you go back and watch it as an adult, and you're like, dude, this is this rules. This yeah. is very good. And, it was... and it's a lot of fun. I, I will say the the like, there's a lot of docking, and there's a lot more, too much of that. But I love all the V'ger stuff, man. It it strikes me actually kind of like Star Trek Beyond, where yeah. it's it's structured like an episode. Yeah that there's there's definitely two sides to that coin oh absolutely. You know, the, those episodes are structured to be 44 minutes as yeah. opposed to an hour and a half like yeah. if you if you stretch it out people are going to be like oh it's too long it drags well yeah that's what they did with it <laughs> they that's how they it out that's long. what they did with that movie it's sort of like how rocky four is on uh, is like like 27 minutes long if you take out the montages <laughs> Like 27 exactly. minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. The Russian we, killed my friend. I gotta go fight the Russian. That's the movie. That's it. Yeah, we actually, uh, me and my co-hosts from Cinema Shock actually went and watched the anniversary, the 40th anniversary edition of the motion picture in the local theater here. Oh, it was pretty man. dope. It was pretty dope. I mean, That's it's really awesome. Again, it yeah, it's it's still kind of long and drawn out, and drags and spots. But honestly, like seeing everything. I mean, it was restored some years ago, but oh, they've, yeah, no, they've, it they've restored sharp. it even more now. And it's oh, just, wow. it looks like they shot it yesterday. Yeah, like, I watched it, it on gorgeous. Paramount Plus. Like, it looks great on Paramount Plus. I was watching yeah. it on Paramount Plus like the other day. Yeah. And like, it's, <laughs> you know what I love? It's kind of the last time, like between the motion picture and Wrath of Khan mm -hmm. is the moment where Shatner aged. Yeah, but in, yeah. in motion picture, he still looks like OG Captain Kirk, just with a few extra pounds. Yeah, he it still looks can, like old. You can Shatner tell time not. has passed. Yes, but yeah, he's still he's still kind of got that piratey Spitfire type type exactly. vibe. Exactly. Like yeah, he's Rath still sprightly. Yeah, Rath he of can... Khan, that that door that door opens and he's silhouetted and walks into the training simulator and <laughs> has the book under his arm. And oh man, like yeah, no, oh, that's the this first is time old, you're like yeah. He's an old man now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at look at Captain Kirk being an old guy. I don't know about you, but uh, here more recently, I've started watching Wrath of Khan on my birthday, and because it's Kirk's birthday at the beginning beginning of the movie, 
and man, it hits different. It hits it's different on your birthday. birthday movie. It's it a birthday is. movie the way like the Die Hard thing is a great. It's a birthday movie. Yeah, and it and it's kind of it's funny because as you get older, mm-hmm. you start to sympathize a lot more. You start to, or I should say, you start to empathize a lot more with yeah. Kirk of like. I feel you, dude. And of course, mid, you know, amidst the pandemic and, you know, social things around the country where we're just, we're drained, we're tired. And then you watch Kirk being like, all right, what else? <laughs> like, you're like, you're like, dude, I feel you, man. And Captain Kirk is like, what is my life? What yeah. is this? Yeah. It's it, honestly, that movie is Captain Kirk has a midlife crisis. It's yeah. pretty great. And it's kind of cool because at the, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a cool double feature, mm-hmm. I would go Wrath of Khan and then Generations because, of course, you know, spoilers oh. for Generations. But when Kirk passes away mm-hmm. and the Enterprise D crashes, um, I almost called him Frakes, Will Riker and Picard are talking about living forever and time being a companion versus the fire in which we burn and it's like it's such a great they comparison do. juxtaposed with i i love one of that you know that's honestly one of my favorite things about star trek mm. is is the random callbacks like i mean it's yeah. why like one of my favorite reoccurring characters in the entire franchise is core wow because okay or the same actor played the same character on the original series and on Deep Space Nine. And I love that you see him, his character struggles so hard with his humanity because he's so past his prime and he's revered as this Dahar master. But like, that's all ceremonial nonsense. He just wants to be in battle. Yeah. And like, God, Core is, that's why it's one of my favorites. I, I freaking love Core. is one of my favorites. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was I was going to say, um, so you were introduced to the franchise through TAS. Do you have a Desert Island series? Is there one series that's just like, it's it's this or bust? You know, it's, it, 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 that, it's a, obviously it's a hard pick for all of us. Of course. But for me, it depends on where I'm at in my life, but I go back and forth between Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Really? And okay. I love T- TNG. It's, 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 I feel like TNG is the Beatles. Like it's, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so good that you got to have this other thing. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> while TNG could easily be in a, a, a desert island for me, there are whole reasons I love Deep, because Deep Space Nine and Voyager are such different vibes. Mm-hmm. Very. But I love the whole lost in space attitude of Voyager. Yeah. So much, but also the character building of of Deep Space Nine. And actually, it went Deep Space Nine, and then it was Voyager. And then I got back from the Army, and I was, uh, I'm a combat veteran. I was in Iraq in 03. And watching Deep Space Nine and watching them, they have the Dominion War. Yeah. Well, actually, you're dealing with, because first you're dealing with fallout from the Cardassian war and then mm-hmm. the dominion war happens yep and then you watch characters like nog which by the way you you off off screen we were talking about what episode paper moon it's mine i'm yeah. calling it it's okay. mine dibs have been called (laughs) the the late great aaron eisenberg i i actually uh not not to name drop but in star trek uh s posting um on facebook he i i messaged him 
when I first found out he was in there, which is so awesome that he was in there. <laughs> yeah, that is him, awesome. him and Delancey are the only two like actual Star Trek people that have ever been in there. Nice. But I I messaged him and I just like sent him the, I sent him a message and I said, I want you to know that uh it's only a paper mood. Like you're helped me deal with like like PTSD. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I want you to know that like you helped me in ways you can't imagine. Yeah. So yeah. No, By that's the way, so not to jump the shark, but that's favorite t- favorite episode of Star Trek. It's probably it's paper only moon. moon. And yeah. you know what? That that's a it's a great one, honestly. It's and it's so fun to see him. I, you know, in talking about PTSD, it's it's weird to talk about any of that being fun. But yeah, I know. He, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> seeing him cope mm-hmm. or seeing him beginning to work through it through the nightclub. Yeah. And as it was just like, man, this is like some I mean, and again, it's structured to be like 1950s, 1960s nightclub. But it could have very easily but it could have been Casablanca. He could have could, very easily. He could have. It very could have been easy. a comedy show. It could have, and that's oh. why I literally I was like, "Yo, this is what I'm doing right now." Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> my entire experience in life is literally being summed up by Nog and Vic Fontaine. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I um, uh, it's it's one of my goals to uh, of course I would love to have any cast members sure. on the show i've been lucky enough to have two so far but yeah. um it's one of my goals to try to get as many of the stand-up comedians yeah. that have been on star trek sure as, I, as many of them as i can is piscopo um, still alive i think he is i think Pisco- i'm pretty sure he is piscopo was on there piscopo yeah Sil- silverman uh you got yeah. tig yeah. Andy Dick. Andy Dick. Yeah. Andy Dick. <laughs> um, there's there's been there's been quite a few over the years, but yeah. yeah uh, wow, there are a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. I yeah, uh, never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, there are a lot of comedians. <laughs> Whoopi. Well, Abby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Whoopi. Right. She's the she's like goat status, and we forgot Whoopi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um. You're you're big on well. Before we get further into Star Trek, since sure. we since we mentioned uh, your service, which thank you for your service. Oh, um, I wanted to ask you about something I saw in your profile, and I mentioned it in your intro uh-huh. that you slept on Saddam Hussein's Chase Lounge. That is that is a, that is a correct statement. Yes, please walk us through that you know you know in you know as concisely as possible but sure. like, walk us no. through like how that happened <laughs> okay so uh what i went to iraq in 2003 with the first armor division okay um which uh we were like the second army unit in the country it was the third infantry division and then us wow and so we get in and at that point they had already like you know right when we got in was like we were convoying up when like Saddam's people were getting like overthrown and like you know I I have a lot of complicated most people have very complicated feelings about that war and I don't feel like I was doing anything awesome so this is not an endorsement of the war in any way I want to disclaim that right 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 however I think we could all we could all accept that like Saddam Hussein was like a whole monster (laughs) and uh right he's he's a very bad person deeply, deeply bad person um but he was flossing. Like, I don't know if you ever saw, but like his, he had like multiple palaces all around Baghdad. Oh yeah. One of which was his concubine palace. 
his concubine palace, of course, after he was ousted, became temporarily First Armored Division headquarters. Oh, wow. So, and of course, here's the thing. They're not going to keep all of the decor and stuff, but they basically, like, when they took over the building, they, like, had whole details of people, like, pulling stuff out of there and just chucking stuff, and then we're going to keep this, you know, as intel, and, you know, I, I didn't, I had nothing to do with that part. Right. However, so all of that is set up. Um, there's... One night I go out on a convoy from where I'm at because I wasn't in Baghdad. And I was in a place called Dogwood, which uh, is okay. no longer there. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Right. Uh, we convoy up overnight and I have to spend the night in Dogwood before I can convoy back. But okay. I had to go do some stuff or I had to do some stuff in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in da- I'm in Baghdad. And at the time, they didn't really have a setup with like, like tents didn't have air conditioning unless you were like an officer. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's really crappy. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, you, you can, you can unpack. There's a lot to unpack there. And sure. so, however, my shop officer and shop NCOIC, which is, I know it's all army jargon, but basically like the guy I, I did like electronic stuff and the guy I got my jobs from, he's there. Gotcha. And they have like an expando van, which is like a trailer, an army trailer. Yeah. And so I go in there and it's their little office trailer and it's their office, but they're going 24 seven because we're in a war. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that there's like this chase lounge and there's air conditioning in that office. And I just said, hey, uh, LT, I, I got a crash for like four hours. I don't really want to go back to the tent. Uh is you guys have AC? You mind if I crash just right here? So he's like, sure. I'm out in like two seconds. I haven't slept this good in like a month and a half. Nice. <laughs> All right. I wake up and I'm like, your wife let you bring this? And he's like, oh no, I no, we got that from the palace. <laughs> and I was like, the palace? And the palace? Like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> like Saddam's Saddam's banging palace. And he's like, yeah. I was like. And and then you think about that even more. Where not only did I sleep on Saddam Hussein's chase lounge, I slept on the the chase lounge from that palace. From that palace. So I feel like I have not only slept on the chase lounge, I slept on Saddam's DNA. Which is <laughs> yeah. Equal parts yeah. disgusting to think about, and also like that's a weird flex. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's bonkers, dude. That's so yeah. wild. It's but a, yeah. It's a crazy story but yep slept on it and that's that's how i came to sleep on it it's it's so wild to think about uh because uh nine so you're a little older than me but 9 11 was uh my senior year yeah um and so a lot of the guys i played ball with their plans changed that day (laughs) (laughs) yeah and some uh, to join and some to very much not join. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> actually, a lot to join. Uh, you I were in the South, that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very patriotic I, down here. Oh, yeah, very. And uh, but yeah, I was uh, I ended up going staying at home and serving in law enforcement, but I none of my stories are nearly that good. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's interesting to think of you know folks and what they uh, to go back to the PTSD and Nog and and you know methods of coping and stuff like sure. that. And then we will get into today's. Subject. Yeah. But um, you know my my father served in Vietnam. 
Wow. And so, and I've joked about it on stage a lot and stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's weird. And when I studied psychology in college, you know, learning that, you know, psychology is the youngest of all the sciences. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where people were still calling it shell shock. Oh yeah. And, and all this stuff. And I think about some people still do. Some people still do. Yeah. (laughs) get The memo where you're like, Oh, we don't, it's not called that anymore. It's not called that. But, uh, but man, yeah, it's weird to think of, you know, you know, some folks get into a particular hobby or some folks disappear into, you know, other things. Some people self-medicate and they disappear into that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with mixed results. I don't know Um, about that. Anyway, but yeah, uh, again, thank you for your service. Let's jump back into Star Trek here. So you're, you're a big fan. You come back, you come back from overseas. Mm -hmm. What was your first experience like? with enterprise because it's technically the end of what it is technically the end of the tng era uh tng it's kind of tng deep space nine voyager enterprise and it's those four but but yeah how did did that hit you this is this is gonna be really weird but if you look at the years that enterprise was on television Mm -hmm. i was active duty military i didn't have time to watch television right so i didn't i missed it completely I missed it completely and didn't watch it until it was like on Netflix. And I was seriously, I remember like the first time I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And I put it on. It's like, it's been a long road. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Why is there Rod Stewart in my, in my, in my Star Trek? Yeah. yeah. uh, But like, it's one of those things where like, after I was, and, 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 you know, people have their different opinions about the new stuff, and but honestly, this isn't the reaction to the new to new track. It's not a new reaction. Yeah, that happens every <laughs> time a new version of Star Trek comes out. Yeah, <laughs> and I was that guy for that, and then that's why I just allowed. I learned to enjoy Enterprise so much that I just like all the new Star Trek that comes out. I just let it wash over me. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. accept it. I'm gonna accept all of it. Yeah, I recently and I've, you know, I'm a big fan of like, hey, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Sure. This is, this is art. It's meant to, you know, be it, it's where it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag in terms of reactions. But a lot of folks going what, um, you know, the general comment of like, oh, new Trek sucks. It's not like, you know, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. And I, I'm always the guy going TNG used to be new Trek. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This isn't if our first go around. I don't want it. And it's like, yeah, but Captain Kirk can't live forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and besides you, like, honestly, with TNG, you got bonus daddy because essentially yeah. they gave us a diplomat and a Captain Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. That's why TNG is <laughs> so good. But, but no enterprise. I, I watched it later on and I was like, this is a pretty good show. And that and it's gone on to be where like when I rank my captains, Captain Archer is always like in my top three. Captain really? Archer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Captain Archer is such a good captain. I'm not like crazy about the whole cast. And we some of that is in here because they heavily feature some of my least favorite people on the <laughs> cast. Uh, specifically right. Malcolm. I don't like Malcolm. I don't like him. He's the just in general or British, just this episode. He's the least charismatic British person I've ever seen. <laughs> he's he 
He is devoid of personality, and I don't like him. The only Malcolm episode I enjoy is the one where they ha- where Captain Archer has to perform surgery on Malcolm yeah, where he's like punched, hole. yeah, where he's like stapled to the hull, yeah, where he's stapled <laughs> to the hull and with by a mine, which is really cool. And yeah, I, but I mostly cool. like that episode because Captain Archer is an absolute G in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Bakula, man, Scott Bakula is awesome. Yeah, I mean, th- it's it's very clear that they, uh, you know, part of part of what they were doing, they felt like they had a good formula, you know, mm-hmm. post Voyager, mm-hmm. and you know, the networks wanted it to keep going. Of course, who wouldn't want to keep milking that cash cow? And they just kind of gave them gar blanche to. Hey, we need another Star Trek and green light. <laughs> it's, you have your green light, just go and do it. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really interesting to because I watched Enterprise. I want to say two thousand six. It was my it was my not white noise show, but it was definitely the show that I because I was working nights. I was working midnight to eight a.m. in law enforcement, so I would come home and was like, "All right, I got to power down." And at that point, I think Sci Fi Channel had a bunch of episodes, so I would always watch BBC America too. BBC BBC America America. stays showing. I was in the hospital last year. They stay showing Star Trek. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's always something, and it's one they fixate on one. It's not like like USA that shows different versions of Law and Order. It doesn't do that. Yeah. Which, by the way, Law and Order might be my favorite science fiction franchise. And as a- <laughs> okay. Yeah. As former law enforcement, be like That's it's fair. science fiction. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So totally. good. Bad <laughs> cop. Let's get rid of that guy. You're like, oh, that doesn't happen. That's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I was I was watching it at at that point, and uh, it was it was it was interesting because I, I dug the I dug the aesthetic. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, it's a submarine. Like they're all, they're submarines, and yeah, like the the ceilings feel everything. Really they're low. having to duck around beams and stuff like that. The uniforms have pockets. Like yeah. it kind of makes sense, and I kind of dug that. And of course, it rested heavily on you know Scott Bakula's shoulders, who has you know. Uh, Lots of cr- lots of nerd cred from you know Quantum Leap. We've seen through the uh, the you know now now we're in season four, but we've seen over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. If you were a guest star on Quantum Leap, congratulations, welcome to Star Trek Enterprise. Like yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he brought all his buddies in. It's so of great. Course, I'm of glad course. he did that. Yeah. So, also unnecessary roughness. One of the funnest movies of the 80s. Yeah. I, you know what? Necessary, necessary roughness. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I actually have, and you might be able to see it right here. This Star mm-hmm. Trek comic book um, was uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. It's one of the anniversary specials. Okay. Uh, got it as a gift from a buddy of mine. And uh, I flipped open I flipped open the cover. And in there is a full page the interior cover is a promo for ne- for unnecessary roughness Dude, i was like i want a oh. poster of necessary roughness like i want it <laughs> I, I need that in my life it's a it's a great poster man <laughs> yeah screw my evil dead posters i don't need that i i, I need a necessary roughness poster and a no holds barred poster those nice. are the only two movies that need to exist nice oh yeah but yeah so uh you know i was watching this you know fairly early on but then I didn't really revisit it until I started this show mm-hmm. a little over a year and a half ago. Sure. And um, so now we are 20 years removed from this series. And, you know, 
take a step onto the internet, you will find somebody complaining about Star Trek Enterprise. But at the same time, I'm quick to say, hey, look, watch it again. Yeah. Those episodes hit differently today. Yeah. Um, especially oh, they do. Especially yeah. Especially this one. Yeah. Especially this one. Mm-hmm. Especially ones dealing with uh, race issues. Especially yeah. ones dealing with treatment of women, which yeah. that, that hit in the pilot episode. Yeah. Is it, as cool as Bacula is as Archer, Archer's kind of a D-bag right yeah. off the bat to T'Pol. He yeah. basically says everything except, uh, I think Chef needs you in the galley, honey. <laughs> like, Pretty like, much. Wow. Although, here's the problem with that, too, is that you're like, is he racist or sexist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Is exactly. he being racist or sexist? Yeah. And oh, here's man. the thing. His justification is like, yeah, well, Vulcans held back my held back my dad. It's yeah, like, you were mean to my daddy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That is literally like, oh, but I was, I got, got, you know, I got made fun of by a black guy. So now I'm racist. It's like, dude, first of all, <laughs> we should all be so lucky. <laughs> Getting roasted by like the cooler, like a cool black dude is like, it's a, it's a badge of honor. Yeah, it really badge is. Badge of honor. <laughs> It is your duty as a white person to accept that. Yes. <laughs> like, but, l- listen to your nerdy comedian friends of like, yes. hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. <laughs> but, uh, so when it comes to this episode specifically, um, you know, how do, how do, without getting into spoiler territory, just sure. you know, what were your initial thoughts revisiting this particular episode? Because we get some interesting performances from are you know from our main cast because they're not playing the normal characters yes and we'll get into that too because i forgot about this episode and it this episode six sensed me oh i on purpose did not read your synopsis that you had sent me i didn't do that i wanted to watch it as a fresh viewer and literally and we'll get into it but i was like why is Malcolm acting like a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, what is this? Why are Travis and Malcolm acting so wooden? Who directed yeah. this? And then you're like, oh, it, dude, it took me the whole episode. Oh, wow. Oh, I well, didn't figure it out. That I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. Sorry. Yeah. Like, it's it's so funny because right off the bat, because I, I forgot about it too. Yeah. And so when I sat down, I was just like, I mean, because Travis Mayweather's my guy. Like, oh, I love him. He's so great. Love Travis. So he's, when I see him, Harry, he's the Harry Kim of Enterprise, even though they <laughs> yeah. do different things. They're both like, oh, yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> but, you know, when he when you see him, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, and, and then we'll do the recap here in a second. But, you know, seeing them right off the bat in the open in the in the cold open, mm-hmm. sitting there playing chess, I'm like. Oh, didn't realize the uh, stick jockey was uh, so so attuned at playing chess. And then very much so. And then things reveal themselves. But so anyways, before we get too much deeper Mm -hmm. into this episode, let's get to this week's recap. Brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Rev J, Jerry Antimano, Cosmic Crit, and Fred and Ren Sims. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. UPN Friday on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. They are subjects in an alien experiment. Nothing observed. They can't begin to understand. I have no explanation. Our immune system can't fight silicon. But somebody always dies. 
I've seen the whole crew die. It will take them to the edge of death. She's gone. And beyond. What did you do to her? All new Star Trek Enterprise. Well, tell your disappointment to suck it. I'm doing a bottle episode. Malcolm and Travis play chess while serving as hosts to non-corporeal aliens known as Organians. Returning from an away mission on the planet below, Trip and Hoshi soon exhibit symptoms of strange disease. Sucks. Upon examination by Doc Flox, it's found to be a highly contagious silicon-based virus, which carbon-based physiology cannot counteract. Great. To pass the time while isolated in decontamination, Trip and Hoshi try to learn more about each other. The Organians are keenly interested in examining the human response to this crisis and compare notes to previous reactions by Klingons and Cardassians. They are members of an advanced species looking to make first contact. For 800 years, the pair have been passively observing various spacefaring species as they react to the pathogen, but no species has yet been deemed ready. Seeking a different view of the crew, they variably shift to the bodies of Archer, to Paul, and Phlox. The two Organians start to disagree. One seems determined to maintain their non-interference protocol, while the other feels the protocol is outdated and unnecessary. With time running out, Phlox and Paul find a way to disrupt the virus using deadly levels of radiation. Archer and Phlox, while wearing EVO suits, escort Trip and Hoshi to sickbay for treatment. Hoshi soon goes into cardiac arrest, and Archer removes his gloves and helmet to assist her, but she cannot be resuscitated. They then administer a dose of radiation to Trip, but he dies too. <laughs> Suddenly, the Organians possess Trip and Hoshi, explaining the situation to a surprised Archer, including the unstoppable spread of the infection. Uh? Archer pleads on behalf of his crew, pointing out that the Organians have lost empathy, confusing non-intervention after the fact with a harmful choice to not post warnings about the virus. They decide to modify their protocol, choosing to resurrect and cure the infected crew members when they previously would have left the entire crew to die. They erase the encounter from the crew's memory. How convenient. Archer orders a warning beacon to be placed above the planet, and the Organians leave to begin planning first contact with humans 5,000 years in the future. So you're free Thursday then? So, yeah, man, uh, you know, going back into uh, comedy for a second, um, did you experience because uh, when I talked when I talked with uh, Mike Kaplan, uh, oh, I love him. I he was the first major headliner I ever featured for. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Mike's, Mike's a great guy. He carved He's some awesome. time to come to come on and do an episode with us. And uh, he mentioned like when COVID first hit. He essentially transitioned immediately into online shows and things like that. Sure. Uh, we talked before uh, before we started rolling that um, my COVID experience basically benched me for 18 months. Like, yeah. how did it affect you and your uh, performing schedule and things like that? Did you did you catch COVID? Do you do you mind me asking? I know I never got COVID. Um, really, I never got COVID. And, and, and I, my, my story's a little funny. So I, I met my fiance, uh, right before the, right before the pandemic. And around that time I got, uh, kicked out of my, uh, everyone in my, uh, my cool squat in East Atlanta. Um, basically we on Christmas Eve by Slumlord Steve, 
um, we were told that we had to move. And she was like, you know, I live in Macon. I know it's like two hours away, but would you want to move to Macon? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like an adventure. It's the birthplace of rock and roll. I mean, little Richard is from here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad way to go. Rock and roll. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and I then I moved here, and um, I was like, wow, there's really no, there's not a lot of comedy here. So I started some shows. I started a show, and then right around that, I I went on tour. I recorded an album, and then COVID hit, and I spent, uh, and I could have been doing like the online shows, but I decided not to really focus my energy on that because for the first time in my life, I was like happy. Yeah. And I, and I know it feels, I feel like a jerk being like, I was happy during COVID, but like I got to like spend every day with a person I had just fallen in love with. Yeah. And like my life was kind of great. And so I was like, Oh man, is comedy bad for me? So I had an existential crisis. I never caught COVID, but I had a lot of existential crises. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, so that's kind of I I I kind of just got as the pandemic slowed down and became more manageable, I started doing more shows here and now I'm more I still take gigs at the time but I'm not touring a lot very much. I'm more focused on building clockwork comedy here in Macon and I'm oh, sure that's I'll, great. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm yeah. Building a comedy community here. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see because I'm uh, gearing up to do my little um, Star Trek slash comedy, um, a little mini tour here at the beginning of next month. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's it's the Wrath of Todd tour. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, we're looking at, you know, I'm I'm going to, you know, some a couple of different markets I haven't been to before. And it's OK. Who's here? Who's doing what? And I'm having to dive in of like, hey, I'm going to be in this town on this day. What do you guys have going on? And they're like, I'm, I've, I've gotten a lot of plight nothings <laughs> and a lot of just kind of like, oh, we wish we had something for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <okay>. No. <laughs> That's but why yeah. I respect our, our mutual buddy, Mark Viola, so much. He will find a gig. Yep. He'll find if something. There's a, is there a town with people in it? I will find a way to do a gig there. Yep. <laughs> it's the Mark Viola work ethic. And I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think there's a lot of people in the game who can match his work ethic. Yeah. And the dude, the, yeah. The dude shows up for stuff. I, like I said, and, and, um, and a total, you know, a total pro. Yeah. You know, and like a great said, hang. Just a yeah. Good he's dude. a really good hang. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he, he didn't know me very well, but was just mm-hmm. like, yes, absolutely. Here's my couch. <laughs> okay great thanks man he, he's so awesome yeah i love him so much he's yeah so that's great. that's the thing with uh you know seeing seeing some of the characters in this episode of enterprise mm-hmm. working as a pair mm-hmm. was really interesting and yeah. we got we got a couple of interactions that we don't normally get but that's true in comedy is kind of like there's no real set mentorship type sure. structure so it's kind no. of like Hey, you're kind of nice to me, and you gave me a tip that helped me. We're friends now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you know what it is. Like honestly, that's like like literally. I book like I'll tell you like like here's behind the curtain. I book people who are funny and a good hang. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, are you it's funny and a good hang? And you know what? Look, there's the there's the meter where you might not be a great hang, but if you're real funny, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> but if you're a great hang. 
and you're you have to be at least funny but if you have to be a good hang yeah you know it it makes it makes it a lot easier especially coming from the uh producer booker side of it you know having to wrangle comedians is you know that's an you know uh, a cliche at this point but like herding cats yeah um you know it, it makes it easier when they're manageable somewhat manageable fun to be around oh and they're funny too (laughs) right and well on top of that too when you're building an audience locally like in your in your area yeah you're you are attracting people who clearly like you and so if they like you if you bring comics through that you like they're probably going to like those comics yeah it's yeah if if you've been if you've been able to kind of identify and you know sort of see my side in terms of my sense of what i think is funny yeah then then you're gonna like right our next guest and you know that that's the echo chamber argument but who cares everything's an echo chamber now it's fine yeah it's so so we get to see we get to see travis and malcolm and let's dive into that because you're like what a dynamic yeah But what what did you how did you feel about the the pairings and specifically what drives you to hate Malcolm so much? Oh man, it's deep. <laughs> it's deep, deep, deep. Uh yeah. I don't know. I just feel like like if Malcolm was a was breakfast, he would be like unbuttered toast. <laughs> like he's just the most boring character, yeah. not only on this show, but in all of Star Trek, including fan fiction. He is wow. my least favorite character. Number like, like there are like uh, I I I like like I like Echeb more than I like him. Like <laughs> it's, it's it's not great. I don't like hate him. He's just, I don't, I forget he's there. Yeah. He's one yeah. of those guys that were if I was like, they were like. Name a hundred characters from Star Trek. I could easily do it. If I named a hundred characters from Star Trek, a hundred and one would be Malcolm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, and, and we've said this about, you know, because I mentioned Travis is, you know, is one of my favorite guys. When we Travis did, Money Mayweather is awesome. Yeah. When we did our when we did our Star Trek fantasy draft, yeah. I made sure for Helm, I had my guy, Travis Mayweather. He's, he's so he's, good. And it and it and it because Tom Paris is a liability, right? Right. And and again, I'll take skill over speed any day, hundred percent. But when it comes to when it comes to this show, and this isn't you know I'm not breaking new ground. This isn't something that hasn't been discussed before. But like, it really would have helped if they you know Scott Bakula got the lion's share of the stuff. Obviously, he's the star. We get it. But it would have kind of been nice to see some of these characters get fleshed out a little yeah. bit. Don't get me wrong. Like a lot of the actors got their episode or two, you know, their fair share of, you know, of limelight, you know, or a cent- or a character centric episode. Yeah. But, you know, of, of everyone, including Travis, I think Malcolm really ended up getting the shaft in terms yeah. of exploration of character. We just, at the end of this at the end of this series, mm-hmm. we know he's British. Yeah. And we know he's allergic to pineapple. And that's, that's about it. That's it. That's all we know about <laughs> it. His parents don't know anything about him. They've yeah. said that is in canon. His parents are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> he's uh 
his his parents are like, ah, uh, he is uh he is British and allergic to pineapple. He's like, British. That's, <laughs> that's his own. If I had you had to describe him, like I mean, if someone was like describe Reg Barclay, you could either of us could talk for like a half an hour. Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> okay, that's too good of a character. It'd be like, uh. Okay, actually, all the reoccurring characters are great. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Desc- describe Brunt. I could d- have a soliloquy about Brunt. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't care at all. This, and this is a mean bridge character. Yeah. And God, man, just anyway, yeah. back to the pairings. Well, yeah, I yeah. I think the it was an. It was. I think it was like a like some good odd couple stuff going on in this episode. Yeah. With yeah. both that one. And with uh with Trip and Hoshi. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I and I love me some Florida man. I like Trip. Trip <laughs> is good. Trip is the selling like to me, it's like 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 I came for I came for Archer. I'm staying for Trip and Flox. Nice, nice. Guys. Yeah, Flox Flox uh has had some of some of the best episodes of the series have been yeah. fairly Flox centric, and that and that's been really great. John Billingsley's a fantastic mm-hmm. actor. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, looking at, uh, and we'll get to some of this a little bit later, but like, mm-hmm. it was interesting to see some of the subtlety in the performance of certain character of certain actors Yes, when the beings would shift to another pair that the actors would mimic the performances of the actors who had had the pair before. Yeah. No, if, if I didn't was lose anybody. <laughs> Yeah, but that was, and I thought that was really, really great. It was interesting. Once I noticed it, I literally was sitting there going, "Why are they acting so weird?" Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. They six sensed me, man. I didn't know. So let me ask you this: as a big Trip fan, mm-hmm. not only is this the second time we've seen Trip get possessed, yeah, this is the second time we've seen Trip die. Yeah, yeah. How, no, how did yeah. how did all that sit with you? He's, Trip is. I mean, again, in one while in in vibe, uh, Travis Money Mayweather is the Harry Kim of of the this crew. Yeah, in sheer deaths and unfortunate incidents, mm. he is the Harry like Trip is the Harry Kim of this crew. Yeah, like just 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 terrible stuff happens to him all the time, <laughs> and you feel so bad for him because he's just he's. He's just a solid dude. He's like, well, come on, Captain. Oh, I just want to be in there working on engines. But like, yeah, come on. Yeah, I feel. I feel like years from now, when Trip wakes up in a cold sweat with a with a stomach ache, the first thing he does is check the wrist for a nipple. Yeah, am I I pregnant? Am I pregnant again? (laughs) Oh my god! But yeah, he's very much. uh, Yeah, he kind of. It's funny because you would think that this character, who is all about his engine, yeah you know, that he would want to stay dealing with the engine, you know, ball peen hammer and duct tape in tow. But he but always wants to go on away missions. He always wants to go on away missions. And, and that's when the worst about stuff the away happens missions to him. When he's on the away missions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we are all trip. All right. We are all trip Tucker. Exactly. I wanted to go on this cruise. Great. Now I'm stuck in this cruise ship. You know, it's like... <laughs> oh man yeah it's uh you know and it's interesting to see um to go back to a little bit of a more morose uh topic here but like seeing the some of these characters die again yeah Um, oh yeah and you know looking at 
things like that. And it kind of made me think of uh, when my mom passed away at 19, like seeing, seeing her, seeing her in the coffin for the first time just absolutely broke me. And, you know, here more recently during COVID, um, I lost two friends, uh, one to COVID specifically, the other one um, committed suicide during isolation. And it is, it's rough out there. (laughs) And like, you know, how folks deal with this stuff, you know, you see, there's no shortage of memes uh, saying, well, I could, you know, of Jordy LaForge holding up his hand to someone going, well, I could pay a, a therapist $300 an hour, but then the next block is Jordy LaForge pointing and it's, you know, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Deep yeah. Space Nine. And, you know, folks using that as, as their therapy. It's, it's my security blanket. Yeah. Star Trek is a security blanket for me straight yeah. up. Like, like I have had a panic. I'm like, I've, I've got issues. You know what I mean? Like I've got mental health stuff and my fiance knows straight up she's like oh man patrick's having a hard time hey you want to watch some star trek of course i want to watch some star trek absolutely <laughs> and great. sometimes you sometimes you put on a bad episode like on purpose like i have watched code of honor to cringe and not think about things before <laughs> wow yeah yeah it's it, you know if nothing else it's kind of why we do comedy a little bit yeah you know yeah oh yeah we understand because how important laughter is it is Despite the fact that it is an abusive relationship. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Comedy is an abusive relationship. But understanding that, like, that we understand how important laughter is and the the need to hopefully give that to somebody else for a five-minute set or a 10, 15, you know, however long, but how important that is for folks. And, uh, you know, we all can't be 44 minutes of Star Trek, but... I can I can talk about my family for a five or ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. If that'll help. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what? I mean, honestly, it's. I think it's just. I I think people like people. People need that. People people need a, a release. And yeah. you know what? Because even when they don't enjoy a comic, they have had a reaction. It yeah. took them out of their world for a minute. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. Good or bad. Good or bad. Hey, you know what? Let me go, let me go up and tell this comedian. Let me give him a piece of my mind, <laughs> and totally. then I'll get back to life. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna care. He, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's not gonna care about your input. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't I mean, want a piece of your mind. That's fine. Sure. Go home. Sure. Just go but, home. If you yeah, didn't like just, it? Just go home. Just go. Home. Just don't come back. That's fine. You don't have to like it. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know one of those things. Understanding you know the importance of this stuff for people, and a lot of times, a lot of the stress is caused by people. So to that end, when you know bad things in the world are caused by people, you have to ask yourself, as we do on this show every week, who do we blame? Oh yeah. Garfield Reeves Stevens and Judith Reeves Stevens. Uh, the last episode that they did was actually their first episode uh it was season four episode seven the forge which we discussed with wes from twin cities trekkies back mm-hmm. on episode 74 as i mentioned this is actually the second script to be written by the husband wife team who actually brought back the organians from tos yeah. season one episode yeah. 26 errand of mercy this is kind of a nice thing we've seen manny Cotto 
now that we're in season four and Manny Cotto has kind of taken the reins from Berman and Braga, who left him on a very weird cliffhanger at the end of the Zindi War, just kind of like, yeah. all right, season four is yours. Have fun. But one of the, one of Manny Cotto's prime driving forces is to build those bridges from this series to the next thing, be yes. it TOS or TNG. Re- you know, to remind you that it is part of a larger legacy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. And 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 the Organians too. Because here's the thing. Like, let's be honest. All right. While I will never get enough of the Klingons, Romulans, Andorians, but well, actually, I could use some more Andorians in my life. But Organians, good call. Yeah. yeah. I just want someone to do something with the Breen in New Trek. Okay. Please exactly. bring the Breen in. Yes, anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode was directed by Mike Vahar, whose last episode directing was season four, episode five, Cold Station 12, talking about bringing in things from other eras. That's, wow. one, of the, that's one of the three part. Ep- that's one episode of the three part arc featuring mm-hmm. Brent Spiner. Yeah. Uh, um, as uh, the younger Sung, who ends up we learned becoming directly involved with the creation of the augments, which yeah. actually, which actually gets furthered in Picard. Yes. Which is correct because it kind of ends up circling back around. What a payoff. To, yeah. It's so great. Anyone complaining about Picard, you're entitled to your opinion, but God, what a payoff. Yeah. And also the, I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler of the, but the, the very final thing that happens in the newest season of Picard with yeah. a, a certain Mr. Will Wheat. Uh yeah. <laughs> that payoff, that's a that's a like a 30-year payoff. Yeah, that was pretty dope. <laughs> so great. It was yeah. so great. Now, uh, for this episode, the guest stars, which we always hit the guest stars, there are none. It's a bottle Zero. episode, folks. <laughs> it's a bottle episode. <laughs> but uh other Mind replacement episodes uh, include, of course, TOS season two, episode 14, Wolf in the Fold. And That's then we've got one. three uh, season three, episode 24, which was the finale of TOS Turnabout Intruder. And then we've got uh, Power Play, which was season five, episode 15 of TNG. And then season one, episode 13, Cath- Cath- uh, try to say this one, Cathics. Cathex mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is <laughs> from, from Star Trek Voyager. Uh, any of those, any of those hit you, hit you in your, in your Star Trek bone? (laughs) Yes, actually the, uh, oh man. So first of all, the, uh, the TNG episode you mentioned, that's the Mm -hmm. one where the, where what O'Brien it's, what is it? Uh, O'Brien data and, uh, Troy, Troy, they all get possessed. Yeah. And the, I will chief O'Brien is the best part of that episode. And it's one of the few TNG episodes that like really gives Colmini time to shine. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's honestly kind of the first like we 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 know who Keiko is at this point. Yeah. But like the scene where he's like, I know you. And it's like, oh, that whole scene is amazing. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's you know, a lot of people recall the the big ones from TNG, mm-hmm. but a lot of people forget Colmini. And I'm so glad. That when it came to lower decks, oh yeah, they showed they uh, they unveiled the most important person, person in Starfleet history. history. Yeah, Chief oh O'Brien. yeah, Chief O'Brien for sure. <laughs> I mean, dude, he he made a a Cardassian space station like a hub, like yeah. an important hub. Yeah, 
Like yeah, it's ret- really him. He retro the, the entire station basically by guy. himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude. And he was so smart. And on top of that, started a freaking started a, a inspired a Ferengi union. Yeah. That's an important person. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I, I want I want to see Captain Picard uh, get a Ferengi union started. It's not gonna oh, happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, this was actually the second time that the crew of the NXO one met non-corporeal entities. And I mentioned it earlier. That was the episode, The Crossing. It was season two, episode 18, which we discussed with uh, artist J. Chris Campbell back on episode 40. And that was really interesting because it largely took place with us observing Trip and Mm -hmm. seeing seeing Connor Trenier's shift from trip to this to this entity he was so really fascinating good. yeah yeah he's so good ign actually gave this episode a 4.5 out of 5 said it was wow. another giant step in the right direction yeah I, I you know i think one of the best things it seems like you know they say uh complacency breeds contempt oh yeah and i feel like when star trek gets to a point where it's starting to go a little off the rails or has lost focus mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is hand the reins to someone else yeah and you know that happened with tng mm-hmm. that it happened with tos yep. like you, you there is a you can tell the difference between season two and season three of tos the main and thing that changed TNG, once you get to season four you're like whoa uh, we're in a groove oh yeah yeah it's it's happened before it'll happen again season four of tng is very west wing yeah it's yeah, very yeah, west wing right. there's a lot of like talking and walking and blah 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 a lot of really good dialogue and just it's so good oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh jammers reviews liked uh the unpredictable plot he felt that the episode was an example of humanist science fiction rather than just an adventure show. When I talked with uh, when I talked with the author of The Gospel According to Star Trek, Kevin C. Neese, his yeah. big thing was, I mean, he's obviously coming at it from a religious perspective, but the biggest thing was, look, it's the humanity. It's yeah. being what it is to be human. And I think one of the things as a storyteller and as a story consumer that yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. is the notion of nobody's safe. So when, oh, yeah. so when your favorite characters are on their deathbed, there's a thought in your head of like, it's main cast. They're going to be fine. When they flatline, you You're lean, right. you lean forward of like, okay, so, so now what, like, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. And, it's Captain Picard getting assimilated by the Borg. You're like, are we, yeah wait what what just happened (laughs) yeah um it dude i mean sometimes they murk your favorite characters and that's the thing about it like nobody really is safe in star trek usually but they've killed i mean dude tasha yar changed the game i was they killed tasha yar and you're like they didn't really like like they found ways to bring denise crosby back in multiple different versions as some either tasha yar or like sila Right. But at the same time, like you were seriously like, wow, they really could. And in this, I, like I said before, dude, they six sensed me. Yeah. I seriously was like, why is everyone acting so weird? And I'm not a dumb person. I know how to watch Star Trek, (laughs) but they got me because I seriously, it took until they're like the conversation in the decon room. Oh yeah. Where, where they like just fully are like, 
But I do have to point out a major plot hole in this episode. Okay. Well, bef- before you, oh let yeah, me, let me just hammer home. Let me just hammer home one yeah. more thing with this Denise Crosby thing. Not only was that important, yeah, for the audience, but it was very important for the development of the character of Data. Oh yeah, because after that, he kept he kept the hologram mm-hmm. when uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to him packing up his things in the episode Measure of a Man. He's got a few choice belonging in, belongings in there, but one of the things he has is that hologram of Tasha Yar. Yeah. That was so important for a character who can't experience emotion. Yeah. Who in in episode 2, he loses lost. his virginity. Yeah. And now he has this undescribable urge to keep this keepsake of a lost friend. Yeah, and it's just for it's a compulsion that yeah. you can't explain and I yeah. like that it's it it defies emotion. Yeah. Exactly. And, Oh man, yeah, no, that's a really good love. Well, that describe love. Yeah, describe. <laughs> but I love that when, yeah, when they're trying to prove Data is a person, yeah. they're like, "What is this? That's a picture of my friend Trashiar." Oh, what? I, well, why do you have this? Oh, well, she died, and I'm I'm sad about it. <laughs> like it's like, oh, yeah. So you you're connected to another person, and yeah. you did this of your own volition. This is a sentient person. Yeah. The defense, not rest. a machine. <laughs> the defense yeah. rest. Thank you. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, I'm dude. sorry. Go ahead. You uh, the the big plot hole. Go ahead. Okay. In the final scene, and here's a, it's in my notes. Okay. Which, by the way, my favorite line in this entire episode: "Sweet dreams, Houdini." <laughs> Why nice. Houdini? That, I don't yeah, understand that line. I've never heard that before. Is that a saying? Sweet dreams, Houdini. Because he's uh, they say it to. He oh, says, she says it to Hoshi. Yeah, because she escapes. She she's able to escape the room, and so they Houdini, have to give her the tranquilizer. Yeah, and Houdini, known as the escape art, the escape oh, artist. So that didn't even occur to me. I was yeah. like, I was like, is that like a pet name? Does he call her Houdini? <laughs> Houdini. Anyway, um, it would have been cool if that nickname had stuck around. I yeah. know, right? What's going on, <laughs> Houdini? Uh, but oh man, I okay. At the end of the episode, when they're having their debate, their ethical debate, right? Yeah. And but I do love that Archer solves this by basically going, no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and the one dude was like, yeah, we, why we kill it? Why, why do we have to kill people? We don't have to do that. That literally is kind of what I think that's sort of what yeah. happens. And You know, the idea of not killing people. That's interesting. That's a that, pretty good idea. Never occurred to us in eight years. This seems like an ineffective way to to make first contact. This is not a great way to make it. <laughs> let's let's try a different approach. Maybe not. Let's not kill them. If they're alive, they might like us more. Yeah, why don't yeah. I have any friends? You know, <laughs> Wait, where's everybody going? <laughs> that's why. That's why the Organians never get invited to parties. You know exactly. what I mean? There's no Organians in Starfleet. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't, but, but I digress. I digress. Uh, in that debate, they leave Hoshi the 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 Hoshi ghost. Yeah, is like she's like. Why do you insist on having, or why do we have to have verbal communication? It's so much more efficient. We could just speak mentally. Well, then how did they get caught by flocks? <laughs> why did they have the conversation? Because they were alone. Yeah. They were alone in quarantine yeah. away from everybody. Yep. They didn't, but we have a whole scene where they're having a conversation and they're, and Hoshi's like, 
someone's watching us. <laughs> and you then and you don't think anything of it. How are you like, how, oh, how, they they're not telepathic. Okay, that makes sense. And then you get later and she just throws in there randomly, like, by the way, we've been telepathic this whole time. And it's like, what? Well, then why? Then why why did you flap your freaking gums? Like that was a very dumb thing. Exactly. You could have gotten away with this. You 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 played yourself. Yeah, you know? I was, I'm trying to think of like how how that would have been explained away in the right because I mean I think I think the pair the the, the Organians were in someone else when Trip and Hoshi tranked themselves. So I guess the Organians didn't realize that they had tranked themselves. Yeah. So when they re uh, when they went back into Trip and Hoshi and stood up the organians didn't realize that they shouldn't be able to move yeah and and, and then that that's is, when that's and what caught flocks is okay yeah, like, yeah, yeah why are yeah. They, how are they moving that's I, i'll say i will say that is some fancy footwork in terms of writing like it, that's yeah it's a stretch it's a stretch <laughs> yeah. it was it was really the only moment that really bothered me about the episode once i figured out what was happening uh, because in the to... beginning, I'm like, this chess scene is so wooden and stiff. What's yeah. happening? Yeah. I hate and... Malcolm. And then yeah. it was like, <laughs> then I realized I was like, oh no, he was just being that's the thing, dude. Malcolm is so wooden that I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I like nothing. It just comes different. off. It, yeah, and like it, Mayweather, Mayweather, you're kind of like, something's up. But with Mayweather, something's up. But you know what I thought was up? He's having to hang out with Malcolm. He's having to. That's what I thought was up. I literally didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know until like Trip and Hoshi go from being like, oh, I'm from Florida and blah, blah, blah. You know, and then you're like, yeah, okay, something's <laughs> happening. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, uh, Michelle Erica Green of Trek Nation mostly liked the episode and praised the cast for their subtle performances. I mentioned those earlier. Yeah. And added that this is one of the best possessed by aliens episodes that Star Trek has ever done, not just Enterprise. Yeah, yeah it's but, a good one. Yeah, uh, but cited that it may have been uh, a bit better for a lower decker to get possessed to see how the command crew responds rather than the main cast. But Ooh, it's kind of like that well, would have been real good. Yeah, that would have that would have been interesting, especially if it had been a lower decker like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Um. Or or the uh the young lady and a uh listener forgive me. But there was one of the cast one of the cast members of Hamilton makes an appearance. Is it as Philip a, as a, Sue? Uh, no, I forget her. Uh, I forget her. It might be. I I, I forget her name. But it's, I'm googling it right now. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, in 2011, Tor.com recommended Observer Effect as one of the better episodes of Enterprise. And uh, the AV Club actually included it in their 2014 list of the best, the 20 best episodes of the series. And then wow. in 2021, the Digital Fix said Observer Effect was very well done and had genuine tension. I think when people that you have come to know so well um, start acting against what we know them for it is unnerving like and i think we've even seen this in real life yeah over the last eight years you know mm -hmm. since since the sh shift in office in 2016 yeah. we saw a lot of people that we knew mm -hmm. a lot of people that we respected mm -hmm. 
make a big shift. And yeah, it, oh yeah. I, I mean, I know there's people in my life who made they, a big they shift. Went, and was they like, went, oh, this is who you are. They went crazy banana pancakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they felt like it was okay to be crazy banana pancakes. Yeah. 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 Suddenly you're very like, oh, you were, oh, I didn't, it never occurred to me that you were this racist. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah. Didn't know. And you remember that? You remember that scene in Birdcage where Robin Williams is describing all the different types of dance? You do an eclectic celebration of the dance. You do fussy, fussy, fussy. You do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, or Twyla, 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 or Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, or Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. But you keep it all inside. That's what everybody has been doing with their racism, with their yeah. classism, with their oh, yeah. all these other things. They've been mm. keeping it on the inside. And yeah. oh, gosh. Yeah. And uh, well, anyways, uh, let's get to the very important question that we ask every week here on the let's Computer Resume podcast. Is this essential viewing? If somebody is sitting down and watching Star Trek for the first time, is this an episode that they can't miss for one reason or another? What do you think? No, no, definitely not. I, and, and and it's not because the episode is bad. The episode is fine. But I feel like with the exception of like a little bit with Trip and a little bit with Fox mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Captain Archer, just, I mean, really, like the, the, the whole issue is pretty much solved by Captain Archer being a good captain. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that's why it's not an essential. He's just Captain Archer playing to his strengths. Hey, I'm a. I'm a cool dude. Yeah. You should yeah. do the right thing. And it's like, oh, hey, this now, guy has an unwavable uh, moral compass. I like him. Now, I will say mm-hmm. season four Archer is much different than Very season different. three Wait, and one and two. Well, season one Archer is a little, you know, he's very, sometimes he's, he's very cowboy. And it's kind of, and I, you know, I've made this comparison before, but again, Starfleet at the time was essentially running out of a storefront. Like they could have been next to a sub yeah. station and like H&R Block. What's in the middle? Starfleet. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I'm making a, a vast comparison here, but like season one, Captain Archer has Governor George W. Bush vibes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We're like, like he's, he's not great, but you get the charisma. Yeah. The yeah. charisma is there. Sure. sure. Unlike George W. Bush, <laughs> Captain Archer grows so much. And you just, you like him so much more. Unlike yeah. George W. We're like, as that went on, you're like, Ugh, I don't like him as much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I, he's, now, he, now he's weird dancing grandpas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like if season one Archer had been presented this problem. Oh he'd yeah. Have, he'd have tried to punch it in the face somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, think about the Porthos episode. That's season one. Oh yeah. I mean, his dog literally, it's with the exception of the Organians, it's the same plot. Yeah. It's literally he got a silicone-based virus. That was another weird plot hole. I'm like, they're like, well, there's no cure for a silicone-based virus. You can't put them in the big bantha tank that you that you put like you know that you used. Yeah, yeah. Because nice they pull. just put them in the right. Because that's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah. They basically Phlox puts the dog in the tank, and then a little bit later he's like, "I'm a dog again." You know, and he's fine. And, yeah, yeah. But they almost they they really played with our emotions. We were like, "They're about to kill Porthos." 
Mm. You can't kill Porthos. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't you listen everybody else on that ship is expendable you protect the dog <laughs> here's a question though, dog, okay dude. here's a question better trek pet uh porthos or spot Ooh, right it's a hard pick i think if we're talking about the pet by themselves mm-hmm. porthos porthos has got more character yeah if we're talking about the owner pet combo data then, then, it, then it's data or data and spot uh, yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I, I will say, you know, in terms of this being essential viewing um, for the overall plot, I'd have to agree. It's not essential. But if you were going to try to spin it in terms of like if you're looking for an expanded what I what I call the path of the arrow uh, yeah. archers, archers arc, um, then oh, yeah. I, I think this shows I think this shows how much he has progressed since season one. Um, I like uh, the arrow too. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) But honestly, that's kind of, that's a bit shaky for me, honestly, you know, bottle up, bottle episodes are a bit of a mixed bag. They end up, they end up being great episodes Mm. as they in and of themselves, but in terms of the larger story going on around them. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not important to be like literally basically here's how I decide that. If this episode wasn't in the series at all, mm-hmm. would it have changed, you know, doesn't change my overall view for the better or worse of the series? Yeah, because I don't know. And it that doesn't I... affect my opinion of the series one way or another. Yeah. Which, which that's why, like, Enterprise is, like, firmly, like, okay. It's, yeah. It's okay, Trek. Right. I, I think, yeah, it does. do in a pinch. In, in terms of the plot and character development, yeah. I don't think it I don't think that this episode affects the overall plot and the character development in this sense this is kind of you know we've just come out of season 3 which was very serialized. Yeah. And now with season 4 it's season 4 structurally is somewhere between serial and episodic. This episode being episodic is kind of disposable in that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could lose it because nothing nothing really advances nothing really changes i mean i think at most we get a little bit deeper or maybe a richer character relationship between trip and hoshi but like mm. that never comes to fruition like yeah, and, nothing and really to be happens honest, there yeah to be honest of all the relationships on board that's not the one we care about oh no yeah no i was gonna say though we do see to to paul worry yes that we do. Yeah, that is actually thing we haven't mentioned. Yeah, we haven't. Paul, because I'm watching it now, like because the first half of that episode, Paul's not even in the episode. Yeah, she didn't yeah. come into later. Mm-hmm. And then when she worries about Trip, you're like, that's interesting. Uh-huh. That actually, honestly, that and Ho and yeah, I guess like I don't know. Yeah, no, because Ho she's always spoken a lot of languages. This is one of those times where we hear her speak a lot of languages. That's true. Yeah, we do. We do hear her speak quite a bit, and a we actually lot of learned... languages in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. In addition to maybe in in addition to uh, Archer's arc, I think we also get a little bit more of an understanding of who Hoshi is. Yeah, I, I at, totally at agree. most, you know, it's if if Hoshi's your favorite character, which for my buddy Gary. Hoshi's Hoshi's a uh, Hoshi's the game changer for him. He was like he is all about some Hoshi. Hoshi's um, great. Yeah, he's yeah, great character. Um, but yeah, this it, it kind of gives you a little bit more backstory because when we first see her in the pilot, 
she's mm-hmm. teaching archers like hey jump on board and she's like okay and we don't really know much more than that well, we don't know the story and right. we find out the story we exactly. find out how she got kicked out of freaking starfleet and starfleet academy and you're uh-huh. like wait whoa what that's awesome yeah yeah so and that's really great yeah i gotta work around she's like but i'm a linguist so they just let me back in exactly so i think in terms of what this episode means to the overall plot or the or the overall narrative i think top of the list is actually the development of hoshi yeah and then we've got a little bit more into who who archer has become yeah and then finally it's you know the overall plot of the story which is you know fairly uh negligible yeah it's you can you can take it or leave it well uh patrick thank you so much for joining me do you have uh any final thoughts about this episode the season the series the franchise your experience here on the podcast i had a really great time on this podcast and i just i love talking trek this and and you're you're good vibes i uh thanks you know i enjoyed having you oh man i i uh i specifically uh i i got the i don't know if you noticed the background but i yeah i was about to mention like uh, some people have gone have taken the step to have a trek centric background Mm -hmm. and i always appreciate that uh you you've gotten very specific your background is it's it's quark's bar it's quark Quark and morn (laughs) that is great (laughs) i ideally i was hoping to get a shot of morn at the bar so the whole time we're talking morn is next to me nice nice but but (laughs) this is better anyway because it looks like i'm at a table and it makes you garrick that's true yes Oh, my, my dear comedian <laughs> i love him so much you're a simple you're a simple podcaster yes i'm just a simple or podcaster. are you a cardassian spy <laughs> man by the way uh, anyway you know what i've been i've been called worse <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh man um no dude this has been uh this is awesome i you know what's funny? I've been on a guest on a lot of podcasts, and this is the first time I've been able to talk talk about Star Trek. And I uh like it's like the thing I know like maybe the most about. Like <laughs> nice, nice. Like I, you know, like I, I I'm just like, I don't know. I, I should use this more often. But uh it's no, this was so much fun. Uh episode is fine. Um, Malcolm sucks, he's the worst character in Star Trek. Uh <laughs> and uh I don't know. Uh, as always, uh, F. Rick Berman. Um, anything else? <laughs> Even though well, he had nothing to do with this, still F. Rick Berman. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, uh, folks, next week we will be joined by someone. <laughs> we we haven't, like I said, with uh, COVID, I've been kind of down and I've let a couple things go out of necessity for me to sleep. I'll um, help you out. <laughs> but, but next week we will be joined by someone for Enterprise Season 4, Episodes 12. 13 and 14 that's Babel one united and the nr for uh all of which are of course are available exclusively on paramount plus patrick let's plug some stuff man what what do you got going on where can people find your work on the internet uh let's see uh, or, or see you in person sure um i uh let's see i have um i have an album on spotify it's called prehistoric uh, I have another one that was up and I have to put it back up and I'm going to deal with that after my wedding, but that's called Unpa- Unpatriot. Keep your eyes open for that. Um, uh, we like Clockwork Comedy on Facebook. If you ever find yourself in middle Georgia, 
Um, please come 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 to one of our shows um, here. Uh, Wednesday night is comedy night. We have uh, we have an amazing show at Grant's Lounge. We have two open mics a month. Come to Macon. It's 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 a vibe. It's a vibey place. Uh, it's the birthplace of rock and roll. We got a bunch of museums. It's cool. Come if you're gonna come. Don't just don't go to the World of Coke in Atlanta. That's, that's dumb. <laughs> come come eat soul food and like hang out with people. And uh, it's it's a good time. That's a good come to a go. show. Uh, if you are listening to this and you are in Georgia or in driving distance of Georgia, um, wait, when is this gonna come out? Uh, this will drop on October 3rd. Ah, okay. Well, it'll be past that. Well, Eddie oh, Pepitone's that... <laughs> coming here August 25th, and I'm really excited about oh, that. nice. Forget Eddie Pepitone, man. That's a good, Eddie that's Pe- a good get. Eddie Pepitone and JT Haversat. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got Skylar Andrews from Augusta, who, another guy you'd like. Uh, and, uh, so like Clockwork Comedy on Facebook, stay tuned. We've got some, uh, we, we we're going to be. We have a real fun show called Funny How an Abstract Comedy Happening. And that's where comics have to do their set while overcoming a series of strange obstacles um, picked at random. We have had comics have to do their set blindfolded while they play Pantera in their ears. Um, We've had a comic had to keep a cat occupied the entire time they're doing their set. We've had a comic have to walk into the cemetery next door on a live while we broadcasted it into the studio it's a really weird show wow. it's a ton of fun and it's always the fourth sunday of the month in macon so if you are it's worth like come to Macon for the weekend and, and just come that weekend and go to that show Man, that uh, and like that'll fun. be on the internet soon um and where where can, where can people bother you directly they can bob clockwork comedy on facebook they can shoot me a message on there uh, or they can uh, they can message me directly on Instagram is probably the best way to go, and uh, that is Young Firestein, <laughs> uh, Y U N G Firestein like Harvey Firestein, and I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in ten forward. Like, rate, review, and share on all your favorite platforms. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcasts at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. And our outro music was provided with permission by Dronode. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And the voice of Computer Resume Podcast and executive producer, me, Kat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Go with the flow.
went through a Star Trek. <laughs> we're doing Star Trek stuff in space. <laughs> we probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?